good evening friends <clears throat> it's god's opportunity and his grace that you know we could once again meet you know in this you know zoom platform i do appreciate your uh, efforts to join regularly <clears throat> uh, to know of these topics and uh, i hope you know one day you will be able to become a great teacher teacher of these you know 16 foundational experiences uh we don't need to necessarily uh uh be hesitant because of our age no we don't need to because the great big wonderful god is living in us inside of us and the holy spirit will give us uh, strength to uh in turn go and teach to other people so my dream and desire in this program is that you know one day <clears throat> you will be able to uh start teaching this 16 foundational christian experiences i strongly believe that uh, these 16 foundational experiences are very 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 important so first of all it looks that you know we have to begin teaching within our own churches we have to prepare all the members of our churches so that god will open a big door so that you know these prepared believers in turn will be go out into the world reaching the world so far we have learned about 12 christian foundational experiences today i am going to uh, share with you teach with you the 13th experience cost of discipleship yesterday we began the program but we couldn't continue due to electricity failure and i hope today we will be able to by the grace of the lord we will have electricity to complete the one full whole hour <clears throat> so the topic is cost of discipleship it's quite an interesting observation from the bible jesus christ himself he has made it very plain very very clear there is a cost to pay in follow him as we go through this you know session we'll be able to understand more better bible clearly portrays that grace and the truth came through the lord jesus christ john's gospel first chapter 17th verse we read for the law was given through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ it's quite clear and in the 14th verse in the same chapter we read <coughs> and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory of the only son from the father full of grace and truth that is the testimony of apostle john about the lord jesus christ <clears throat> so the bible says truth came through jesus christ <clears throat> i wish the holy spirit will give us spark in our understanding open our mind and give a, a lightning spark so that we will be able to have uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 details about jesus referring the truth <clears throat> in the eighth chapter in the same book this is what jesus is saying eighth chapter john's gospel 44th verse this is what we read 
you are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. <laughs> if the mankind is seeking for truth, there is only one place available. That is from the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be highly grateful and thankful to God for giving us the scriptures, the Bible, the 66 books that has been canonized as a Bible. We have it in, the, in our hand. And we say, Jesus is the living truth and the Bible is the written truth. We are the most privileged people. We have not only Bible in our own mother tongue, but we have in different versions so that we will be able to understand the truth as we read the scriptures. So, Truth came through Jesus. I was trying to uh, find out how many commandments which we find in the New Testament. Roughly about 200 commandments are given to his children, children of the Lord Jesus Christ, to his disciples, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ for us to follow. Roughly about 200 commandments. Nearing to about 130 from the four gospels. And also from the writings of Paul. And also from James. John. Jude and Peter. So these 200 commandments which are given to us by the Holy Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ and he expects his children to follow very, 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 very carefully. Jesus wants us to follow all the commandments. And when we come to the sixth chapter of the same gospel, gospel according to John, sixth chapter, 63rd verse, this is what he says. John, sixth chapter, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no away. Is using the word capital, the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no use. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Here in the second time, he's using the small letter spirit. The Holy Spirit are the words that are spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ is a living word that can cause spirit and life in us. Jesus says emphatically that if you love me, keep my commandments. That's one of the very, very forceful and strong exhortation by the Lord Jesus Christ to his, you know, disciples, to his children. <clears throat> 14th chapter of the same gospel. And in the 21st verse, we read, whoever has my commandments 
and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Our love for the Lord Jesus Christ is reflected in our obedience to the truth. Yeah, very, very clear. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. If we say that, you know, oh, I'm a lover of Jesus. I'm a child of the Lord Jesus. We are the children of the Lord Jesus Christ. We make up his body. When we claim this reality, Jesus is saying to us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So in another words, you know, we are expected to keep the commandments. Expected to keep the commandments. And we are expected to obey. Okay? Right. So in being a child of God or a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are expected to obey his commandments to the core. Otherwise, fully. There is no choice left with these children whether to obey or not or to choose most of his commandments and to leave a few. In following the Lord Jesus Christ, we have no choice in selecting the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ to our convenience, no. We are expected to apply all the commandments in our lives. We cannot and we won't be able to say that, you know, <clears throat> I am prepared to obey, you know, part of the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ, but not fully. We cannot say that. There is no choice left with these children whether to obey or not or to choose most of his commandments but to leave a few. No. If the Lord Jesus Christ has come out with the the truth of commandments, we are expected to obey all of them. I always uh, <clears throat> constructively analyze the truth the Lord Jesus Christ has brought and also the Holy Spirit through his you know, apostles and servants, the truth that he has brought to his children in the kingdom of God would roughly be around 200 as I've been telling again and again. And if you study these, you know, 200 commandments, it reflects in about, you know, 20 areas of our lives. Yeah, that's what, you know, we understand. These commandments, the Lord Jesus Christ has laid down to his children. It is related to about, you know, 20 areas. There are commandments which we need to obey in relation to our God, God the Father. And there are commandments which we need to obey relate to our, related to our personal spiritual life, related to our family, <coughs> related to the government, related to the kingdom of God, related to the church, related to his second coming, related to eschatological truth and facts. So if we, if we divide almost about, you know, 20 areas these commandments, you know, cover up, you know, which are given to our lives. Some of the commandments are simple and easy to obey. I hope you all know about it you know, very clearly. And if we go through the every detail of the commandment, we can comfortably say, you know, there are commandments which we can find it simple to obey and comfortable to obey in our lives. For example, Jesus has said, love one another. Simple, plain. Wash 
one another's feet. Very simple, very clear. Be faithful in small things. No special explanation is needed. Very simple. Receive the kingdom of God like a child. As the child would be comfortable to receive the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, all the more in particular about the kingdom, the child will very, very comfortably and easily would put his, her in a faith on the teachings of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, as the child is receiving the kingdom of God by faith, you also receive it. It's very simple and clear uh, to understand and also to apply. He says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Very simple. No doubt, you know, the Bible certainly teaches about simple commandments which we can feel happy and comfortable to operate in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is the other side of the coin is also is evident in the Bible. Okay. If these simple commandments are easy for us to accept and to obey, and if you turn the coin to the other side, definitely there are certain commandments which we read in the Bible don't seem to be easy. It seems to be a very tough and demanding commandments. I hope you are able to follow with me. Okay. And I'm going to primarily this evening lay down, which I think, you know, personally, these commandments seem to be quite tough and difficult and demanding from the disciples, from the children of the kingdom of God. I would like to lay one by one to us for our you know, better understanding. In Matthew's gospel, 8th chapter, 20th verse, this is what we read. And a scribe came up to him and said to Jesus, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Well, when one of the scribes you know, comes and tells Jesus, Jesus, I would like to follow you. I would like to follow you wherever you go. Probably, you know, Jesus could have, you know, in all appreciation, he could have told him, I'm very glad, my dear beloved disciple. I'm very happy. Please follow me. Go with me. <clears throat> go with me wherever I go. But Jesus, he didn't say that. Contrary to the com comfortable invitation, he says, Okay. Hello, disciple. Foxes have holes. They can comfortably go at night or any time during the daytime. They can have a comfortable stay in their holes. Similarly, birds of the air even have their nests. All day they can fly around. But when Evening sets in, the birds can, you know, find their nest and they can, you know, comfortably nest. But gentlemen, if you'd like to follow me, I can't offer you, guarantee you comfort. Okay? If you're ready to follow me, follow me. But don't expect, you know, comfort from me. That's what, you know, Jesus was telling. He made it very plain to him. The moment he disclosed, you know, his desire to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever he would go. And in the next words, 
we read an another you know demand from the lord jesus christ matthew 8th chapter 22nd verse we read another of the disciple said to him another of the disciples said to him lord let me first go and bury my father first and jesus said to him follow me let the dead bury the dead probably you know his father has not a died he may be sick he is coming to jesus and asking him whether he would be allowed to go and take care of his dad probably with these you know final days and then i will come and follow the same verse in luke's gospel it has been put in a different you know slightly a different form this is what you know we read to another he said follow me but he said let me first go and bury my father and jesus said to him leave the dead to bury their own dead but as for you go and proclaim the kingdom of god yeah the moment he said you know let me go and do the final things for my father jesus is saying that you know let the dead bury the dead hello gentleman but he says as for you you go and proclaim about the kingdom of god what does he imply what is what do we understand you know from this expression the urgency related to the kingdom of god would even you know change the priority to change the critical priority yes your dad is you know sick but the priority is you know you need to go around and you know proclaim about the kingdom of god because people are dying eternally so please change your priority and there are sufficient enough people who are dead already physically they will be taken care of by the people who are spiritually dead but as far as you you better go and proclaim about the kingdom of god don't seem to be very easy to follow and then in the 16th chapter of the gospel according to matthew 24th verse 1624 this is what we read jesus then jesus told his disciples if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me this is a very very uh, uh, very familiar verse i should say we would have read it you know hundreds of times okay now jesus is talking to peter and also to the people around and he is uh, telling to his disciples as he was discussing with peter he says if anyone would come after me note carefully let him deny himself the first first demand jesus is laying here okay it's a marvelous blessing for you to follow me but in following me there are certain stipulations there are certain conditions deny yourself okay it's not a self denial you know during this in a lenten season many people you know uh, will make a decision to forego certain good things enjoyable things okay for example you know they may say that you know this 40 days i am going to stop eating non vegetarian food 
or may say that, you know, these 40 days I'm going to avoid this or that. Jesus is not talking about, you know, self-denial, a life of self-denial. He's saying, deny your very self. In following me, in the kingdom of God, let not yourself, Eloid, let not yourself, you know, govern and guide you. Give the reins into my hand. Okay? Choosing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ is your choice. But if you would come after me, deny yourself. Don't impose your ideas. Don't impose yourself in following me. That's what he is saying. Deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me. It's very plain. It's very plain. It's not ambiguous. It's not very difficult to understand. Jesus is saying. Well done. You follow me. But in following me, you have no place for yourself. Okay. Secondly, you have to take up the cross. What does it mean? What does it mean to us when we think of cross? I used to preach, you know, crosses, you know, sufferings, shame. And ultimately, sometimes, you know, even death. But it's not so. Cross means exclusively death. If somebody is carrying a cross through the streets of Jerusalem to Golgotha, what does that mean? He is carrying his own death on his shoulder. Ultimately, when he reaches Golgotha, he will be put on the cross to die. That's what, you know, his demand is. Okay. If you like to follow me, you're welcome. You cannot have yourself, you know, governing you in following me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, which means, you know, be ready to die. That's the exposition often, you know, it is, you know, every time, you know, this verse is, you know, used. An exposition is given subsequently. Okay. In the 25th verse, we read, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Christian disciple in following the Lord Jesus Christ. No comfort. Okay. And the kingdom takes a precedence, priority number one. And self-denial, willing even to die. And follow me. And follow me. Yes, Christian life is walking on the footprints of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not, you know, organizing our lifestyle according to our dreams and desires. No. In following the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be walking on the footprints of the Lord Jesus Christ. Following the model of the Lord Jesus Christ. Following the portrait which he has left behind. For us to follow. That's what you know he's expecting. And when you come to the same words which we find in the Luke's Gospel, ninth chapter, 23rd verse, this is what we read the same words. Luke, when he's writing, he is putting it in you know, a slightly with an additional you know, expression. Luke 9 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, daily follow me, daily follow me. 
daily i would like to you know give importance to the word daily okay self denial even ready to lay down our lives following the footprints of the lord jesus christ it is an everyday walk with the lord jesus christ christian life don't seem to be quite easy it seems to be tough and difficult so jesus is saying one day at a time one day at a time because you are carrying your cross because you are denying yourself because you are following my footprints just a day one day at a time follow me daily this is uh, the demand that you know he is laying here okay and again in the matthew's gospel 18th chapter 15 to 17 this is what we read i shall read it if your brother sins against you note carefully he is using that word brother which means brother in christ okay not you know talking about you know <coughs> your <coughs> physically you know born brothers and sisters if your brother sins against you go and tell his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother if he does not listen take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church let him be to you as a gentile and a tax collector that's what it says okay if your brother in christ or if your sister in christ has done something wrong against you talk to him individually if he does not you know change take one or two witnesses along with him and deal with him if he is again not willing to comply then take this issue to the church and let the church correct him if he is not willing to change his behavior even at the admonition from the church then let him be a gentile or a tax collector to you what does that mean stop associate with him disassociate disassociate with him let him be a stranger to you let him be a tax collector and a gentile to you oh that's uh, that's not a quite a uh, uh, easy path that seems to be a tough and difficult you know uh, condition that the lord jesus christ is lay, lay, laying you know no association and again in the mark's gospel 8th chapter this is what we read mark's gospel 8th chapter 38th verse mark 838 this is what he says whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels he is saying very very clearly to his children to his disciples better you don't be ashamed of me or of my words well often the bible refers every time the word is you know used as a word you know it refers to the gospel what is the gospel according to the scriptures the lord jesus christ died for our sins and buried and according to the scriptures he rose again that's the gospel okay so if as a disciple among the adulterous and sinful generation 
if you are feeling ashamed of me or my gospel better remember when i come in all the glory of my father in heaven i also would be ashamed of you because among the adulterous generation and sinful generation when you slighted me when you slighted the most glorious gospel which is the hope of the mankind what else i can do these are all the demands not easy commandments but tough demands no feeling ashamed of jesus or even the gospel and luke's gospel ninth chapter this is what we read luke 9 luke 9 61 and 62 luke 9 61 and 62 okay yet another said i will follow you lord but let me first say farewell to those at my home here is a gentleman and he comes to jesus and he tells okay lord let me go and you know finish up the things related to my house who is he he is a follower already started following the lord jesus christ probably at one point he felt that you know there is some urgency at his home and now he is saying to jesus okay he says i will follow you lord but but he uses the word but let me first say farewell to those who at my home for this you know this is what jesus is saying jesus said to him no one who puts his hand on to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of god okay Yes, my dear disciple, you have decided, and you are following me, and we are working together for the expansion of the kingdom of God. But now you seem to be changing the priority. Okay, a man who is plowing, his eyes have to be fixed, you know, to the front, in the front. So also, <clears throat> you as a disciple of the Lord. you as a disciple of me after you putting your hands on the plow in marching forward to establish the kingdom of god now you turn back and change your priority he says very clearly you cannot you know make up my disciple that's what you know he says 60 second verse you know he says very clearly okay <clears throat> 961 and 62 okay so in the concept of you know in the idea of cost of discipleship there are a lot of you know very demanding very difficult you know requirements from the lord jesus christ i cannot offer you comfort okay the kingdom demands your priority number 1 and as you following me you have to deny yourself you must be willing to die and you have to follow the footprints the model of the lord jesus christ and you have to follow one day at a time and no association if your co believer is not willing to change his sinful activity after correction personally and maybe with the two testimonies take the matter to the church and if he is still not willing to correct himself cut him off oh very very difficult thing and don't be ashamed of me or about the gospel after putting your hand and you know joining me to expand the kingdom of god don't turn back the plower who puts his hand on the plow and if you turn back you know he will not be successful in his job okay and again you know we read you know in the luke's gospel 10th chapter 27th verse luke 
10, 27. These are all some of the very familiar words. I bring it to your notice, you know, very specifically and clearly. 10, 27. This is what we read. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will. So Jesus, the God of the kingdom of God, expects his disciples to give him whole love. Whole love. W-H-O-L-E. Whole love. Okay. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Okay. There cannot be a partial love, you know, offered to God. In one place, you know, Jesus is telling you, call me Lord, but you don't do what I am saying. It's a lip, lip saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. I confess it with my mouth, with my lips, but not in my heart, not with my strength, not, not with my soul. So Jesus is saying, love the Lord. That's what, you know, very clearly stated in the uh, uh, gospel according to Matthew uh, 22 verse 37. That's what, you know, we read here. Okay. What do we read? Okay. Uh, and Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Okay. Let your total personality I have been already telling, you know, several times, you know, man is constituted, you know, in a, in the three-dimensional way. He has a body, he has a soul, he has a spirit. Okay. The soul is made up of, you know, mind, thinking, will, soul. Okay. So God is saying, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, love God with all your, you know, personality. Normally, the word personality is, you know, misinterpreted or misused. Looking at the physical feature of that individual, say that so-and-so is, you know, uh, his personality is good. Okay. But uh, that's not the real meaning from the Bible we understand. Personality means, you know, the total personality of the man. Okay. His body his mind, his thoughts, his will, his soul, his spirit, and everything. Okay? So, God is not interested in, in having our partial love. Let our strength, you know, love God. Let our soul love God. Let the mind love God. Let our lips love God. Let our will love God. That's what he's saying. And then he says, Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Okay. Yeah, Bible is not against loving ourselves. We need to love ourselves. Okay. But Bible is saying, Jesus is saying, as much as you would love yourself, you love your neighbor. Okay. These two commandments, you know, cover up the whole law. That's what, you know, he says. Okay. So, God wants our, you know, whole love, not partial love. God wants us to love our neighbor as much as I would, you know, love myself. As much as we would love ourselves. How much, you know, we love ourselves? Okay. It will be nice, you know, if we uh, take an inventory of, you know, details so that, you know, we can find out, you know, how much we love ourselves. Okay. Right. And another interesting verse, <clears throat> Luke 12th chapter, Luke 12th chapter, 16th verse. I think it'll be nice if I read to you, okay? Luke 12, Luke 12, 16, <clears throat> Luke, Luke 12, 
16 to 21, 16 to 21. Okay. <clears throat> I shall read it to you from the, from the 13th verse. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. For that, now Jesus is, you know, replying. But Jesus said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. One's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. What does he mean? A man's life, you know, is not, you know, primarily, you know, related to the wealth that he has. Okay, he says, and he told them a parable. Note this parable very carefully. Parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. This is a very simple parable. Jesus is using. He is a wealthy rich man. He had a lot of big harvest that year. And now he's thinking, I will break my old bond because it's a relatively a small one. I will build a big bonds and store all the grains. And then I will live a comfortable, happy, restful, peaceful life. Then God is telling him, you fool. If you die tonight, if your soul is taken off, your spirit is taken off, your soul is required. What will happen to all the things that you have stored? You are a fool. If you want to be wise, you better, you know, accumulate all your wealth over there in heaven, not here on this earth. I hope, you know, you will agree with me in this, you know, uh, uh, in this clear teaching. Okay. No laying of riches on this earth, but in heaven. Okay. It's, do you think that it's an easy, uh, easy commandment? I don't think, you know, many will like it. Okay. No elevation. Again, in the 14th chapter, another interesting, you know, uh, parable is given. Okay. Luke 14, 7 to 11. I shall read it. It's worth, you know, worth listening. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the place of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Thank God. 
It's very, very clear. We as his children, we as his disciples, you know, our mind should always be happy to choose the least. Well, if a higher, noble, you know, place is offered, wonderful. But our mind and heart should not be set on those things. Otherwise, we'll be put to shame. That's what, you know, Jesus is saying. Okay. Don't elevate yourself. Choose the lowest. Okay. No love of life. John 12th chapter. John 12th chapter. 25th verse. John 12, 25. Note carefully, this is what he says. Whoever loves his life, lose it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What does that mean? He's saying very clearly, whoever loves his life, lose it. And whoever hates his life in this world, will keep it for eternal life. Okay. Dearly beloved, what is Jesus saying here? Okay. Don't count your life. Don't count your life. Okay. As the only thing, as the thing to be grabbed off. Oh, I'm not, you know, prepared to die. But Jesus is saying in his teachings, you know, if you are willing to lose your life even, then you will save it. If you save it, you will lose it. For the sake of the kingdom of God, we should be daring enough even to lose our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it a simple demand from the Lord Jesus Christ? No love of life. John's Gospel, 13th chapter, 14th verse. John 13 and 14 is what we read. Okay. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I hope you all, you know, know the uh, background. Okay. Uh, Jesus knew that, you know, his time has almost come to an end. Now he wanted to leave a very precious, you know, truth, you know, to his apostles, to his disciples. So one day, before, you know, he would face his final trial, he just, you know, girded himself with a towel and he started washing the feet of his disciples, his apostles. We all know that you know, when he came to Peter, Peter was not, you know, willing to... Uh, give his feet to Jesus to be washed and uh, Jesus uh, comes out with a strong expression and then he says okay in the 14th verse he says if I who am I the Lord the teacher if I the Lord of the kingdom if I who is the teacher of the truth have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Amazing. I think nowhere else in the world you will be able to find such a marvelous you know, truth. Mind of humility. What does it say? If Lloyd is not willing to wash the feet of Brother Joy, if Lloyd is not willing to wash the feet of Sister Helen, he's unfit for the kingdom of God. Hey, my disciples, my apostles, me, I, I have washed your feet. I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord of Lords. I'm the teacher. I have set you your model. Okay. Be willing to wash the feet of your friend. I think, you know, we need to learn this, you know, truth, you know, and apply it in our lives, you know, very much. And these things are, you know, becoming very rare in the Christian world today. Mind of, you know, 
simplicity, mind of humility, mind of seeking the lowest thing, mind of, you know, getting ready, being ready to wash even the feet of others. Wow. I don't think it's going to be an easy uh, thing. Okay. And, uh, and another, you know, very, very uh, clear thing that Jesus Christ has laid. I want you to listen very carefully. We will be able to finish it on time. Okay, Luke's Gospel in the 14th chapter, this is what we read. Okay, uh, dearly beloved, I want you to be very careful. Okay, uh, in the uh, 28th verse, this is what we read. Okay, probably I shall read it to you from 20 verse. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Now, great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, lots of people were, you know, following the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a big crowd. Now, Jesus, he turned around to the crowd and now he's telling them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, Listen, what word you know he's using? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children <clears throat> and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay, what is the word he's using? Hate. Okay. Hate your father, hate your mother, hate your son, daughter, hate your husband, hate your wife. Please wait, don't misunderstand me. Don't read me in between. Hate in the sense, okay, don't give super priority to your husband or to your wife or your son or your daughter, anyone, any filial relationship, okay? When it comes to the matter of the kingdom of God, God first. And that is a beautiful, you know, example we read in the life of Abraham. Abraham was longing for a son of his own. And when he was 75, you know, God promised. And when now he's 100, you know, God blessed him with Isaac. And now he's God turning around and telling Abraham, Abraham, yes, Lord, sacrifice your son. Wow. That was, uh, that was too much for Abraham. But, you know, he applied this principle, this commandment. If anyone would love his son and daughter, <coughs> if anyone would love his you know, father or mother, if anyone would love his husband or wife, Putting it the other way, if you don't hate, what does that mean? Priority is for God and God alone. Priority is for kingdom and kingdom alone. More than our physical filial relationship. Yeah, that's the demand, you know. That's why, you know, we are learning this, you know, topic. The cost of discipleship. Okay. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to... Okay, then he comes out with a beautiful two parables. Okay, he's saying, 26th verse, he says, Which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. What he's saying, here is an individual, he's wanting to build a tower. And before he would start building his tower, he has to sit and you know, calculate the financial position of his capacity. Otherwise, he will lay the foundation and he won't be able to complete his, you know, dream, desire. What will people say? They will laugh at him. Okay, he started, but he couldn't do it and he will be put into a shame. 
Then he comes out with an another parable. Okay. What king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet with him who comes against him with 20,000. There are, you know, two kings and now they are planning of, you know, war. And this king has, you know, 10,000 soldiers with him. But his enemy king, he has 20,000. Jesus is saying, he has to first of all sit and count his capacity whether he is able to face this king with 20,000 soldiers. How does it say? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation, asks for terms of peace. Listen carefully. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Hello, folks. My dear disciples, my dear children, if you don't sit and count the cost, you know, before launching out, you will not be able to make up my disciple. That's very, very clear. Therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Oh, awful demand. I don't think any religion in the world, you know, is coming out with such a, such a cost of discipleship. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manual pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is saying, what is the use of the salt that is not saturated? It's to be thrown out and people to walk over it. Daily beloved children of God, daily beloved my disciples, if you want really to be saturated with the truth, renounce everything, hate everyone, love me supremely, don't be seeking for comfort. Lot of things, lot of things, lot of things. Okay. Very, very difficult, you know, demand. Okay. Why is he making such a, such a great demand? The children of God are called out from the world. He says very clearly, as I don't belong to this world, they are also don't belong to this world. They are called out of the world. Okay. All apostles, all disciples, Paul, they faced you know, persecution, difficulties. But you know, they were prepared to pay the cost in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, truth has not changed. Such a heavy demand that we saw laboriously this evening has not changed. Though Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has made it 2,000 years back, it applies to me, Lloyd, and it applies to you and to applies all his children and disciples. The scenario also has not changed. I tell you, as you look around the world, you know, Christianity in the coming days is going to be very, 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 very tough. Very tough. Okay. Anti-conversion bills spreading like, you know, wildfire in India. There is enmity about, you know, Christianity for no reason. Okay. Was there at any time that Jesus Christ made any derogatory statement? Was there at any time apostles made something wrong, declared something wrong? Think of Paul in all his three missionary journeys. Was there a single event, you know, Paul spoke anything wrong? Why was he haunted, harassed, stoned, beaten? Oh my God, when, he, when, you, when you read about the difficulties, you know, that he underwent, you know, in the Second Corinthians 11th chapter, awful. I tell you, dearly beloved, 
the cost of discipleship, you know, it's, it's, it's very heavy. That's why Jesus, I'm not demanding you to follow me. I am making it very plain to you. Very, very plain to you. You count the cost, okay? Like the gentleman who is preparing to build a tower. Like the king who is thinking of going war with his enemy. You better sit and think. And if you think that you can pay the cost, and if you are willing to pay the cost, I shall be delighted to have you as my child. Because I have called you out of the world, and I am sending you back into the world, so that the kingdom of God shall be established in their hearts. May the Lord give all of us the needed grace to be willing, thoroughly willing, to pay the cost of the Lord Jesus Christ's you know, demand so that our lives will be louder than our words. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you this day you have very graciously given. We have uh, learned some of the difficult uh, demands that you lay to your children, Father. We know that we cannot be so strong with our own strength. But unless and until, Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit strengthen us, the grace that you brought shall fill us, Father. We can't be just, you know, reflecting differently. Give me, give us all the needed grace so that we will be willing, gladly be willing to pay the cost and to be your followers and your children. I pray for all my friends. Bless them and give them grace and use them mightily in the days to come. In the great name of our Lord and Jesus Christ, we offer this prayer. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the sweet abiding fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.